the high and lofty mountain, a noble cedar so tall that produces fruit, bears branches so that birds can come and dwell under it. These are wonderful images of the kingdom of God. These are wonderful images about the restoration of Israel, which will be accomplished by God. Paul speaks about always, in all circumstances, being of good courage. Christ has spoken of the harvest, the mustard plant being the biggest in the garden and having enough shade for the birds of the air to make nests, find refuge, and have wonderful protection. And yes, Floridians, shade. Very important. (laughs) These are encouraging words that our Lord gives us, and we all need to hear them. We need to hear them because there are other words that God shares with us today, too. He also spoke about the low tree as the one that will be brought high, and the high tree as the one that will be brought low. The green tree made dry, the dry tree made to flourish. He spoke about our earthly home, the tent, our bodies being destroyed, groaning, being burdened, longing for the heavenly dwelling, away from the Lord, and sometimes that can feel like we are so far away due to our sin, or whether it's through apparent silence from God to our groanings and our desperation. Christ has spoken of the kingdom, not so much as the lofty cedar, but as a small, insignificant mustard seed, that even when grown, it isn't a big, mighty cedar, live oak, and certainly not a redwood. The Lord has shared these words with you today, that you would always be of good courage, though. Always. In all circumstances. While you're at home in the body, you're away from the Lord. Now this doesn't mean that the Lord has abandoned you or he's neglecting you. But we are away from the Lord in the complete fullness that we'll enjoy on the last day. We're away from how things were in Eden and how they will be on the last day. And I don't think any of us are debating that point. The smallness, though, the persecution... The suffering, the lowliness, the dryness, the groanings, the burdens aren't how we would have it for ourselves, though, or for God's kingdom. There's pain and heartache and suffering to endure here below. But that's how it is for now. For now, we're walking by faith, not by sight. We trust God, his word, and his promises, even if he's hidden or we're not clearly seeing him. We lean not on our own understanding, but on his very words. Now, we're not yet at the point when all the tears are wiped away. The bliss and the calm of paradise. We're needing still our sins forgiven because our flesh is so weak that we go on sinning. We walk by faith now because we can look around within our hearts, outside of ourselves, and we can see so much evil. 
that things aren't as they should be. They aren't as they should be with me, with you, or with this world. They aren't as they should be, but they're also not as they will be. And we know it. So we long for that day. There is this great verse in the gospel reading that we might overlook. With many such parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. The Lord speaks to you this day with words that you are able to hear. He speaks tenderly and shares his word with you who need to hear it. He understands that his kingdom looks insignificant in this world. He himself called it a mustard seed. He understands that we want sights now. We want the pudding to be the proof. That we want more for the harvest. That we're left trusting God, though. Trusting his word to accomplish God's purposes. Not left to our own devices or schemes. What he's left us with are his word and sacraments. We're left trusting God and his promises, walking by faith. We're left hearing our Savior's word as we're able to hear it. And what wonderful words he shares with you. Words that forgive you, comfort you, and encourage you. So that you would look forward with certainty and not lose hope, but have that hope and have that joy. Knowing that joy awaits, that we dried up ones now will flourish then. The low will be lifted high. The mortality will be swallowed up by life. The eternal house built by God. The harvest, the nests in the shade. While you wait for that great and glorious day that God has promised to all who believe in Jesus Christ, for all whose sins are washed in the blood of the Lamb, While you wait for that day, think of this famous phrase again. We walk by faith and not by sight. But instead of thinking of ourselves or yourself, your plight, think this time upon Jesus Christ, who walked by faith and not by sight. Here was God in the flesh, calling sinners to repentance. Yet was there spectacular fruit according to worldly measurements? Does it not seem that darkness was even winning at that time? Think of what we've experienced so far in the Gospel of Mark as we tread through the long green season of the days after Pentecost. So far... Those close to Jesus were calling him crazy, nuts. Even his own family. The leadership is saying that he's in league with Satan. I don't know what the popularity polls were saying. His own family comes to take charge of him and Jesus rejects them. The Pharisees and Sadducees having their way, starting the plot, getting the plot going. The gears are turning against Jesus. Are the days that we're living in dark? Yes. But were those days dark as well? Even when the light was shining? Do we not see our Lord himself 
undergo then what he spoke of? Don't we see the connection between the body of Christ and our head? Do we not see our Lord himself as the one who's viewed as simple and insignificant as the crowds cried out, crucify, crucify him? Do we not see Pilate as the one puffed up with power to free or crucify? He has that power. Caiaphas acting as judge of the judge. Herod mocking the true king. Do we not see our Lord groaning? being burdened, unclothed, as his earthly home destroyed by whips, blows, and cross? Do we not see the mockery that the world has for Jesus as the soldiers laughed, paid him homage in jest, and spit upon him? Do we not see the lowliness of God's kingdom as we see the lowliness of our King. But do we not believe that in that lowliness we behold God, His love? Do we not believe that the cross is the triumph over sin? That it is through this atoning sacrifice that God in the flesh, that our God has paid for our sins, and that you and I are fully redeemed and bought back. Do we not believe that our sins are completely forgiven by this Jesus Christ? Do we not want to make a shade, a nest in the shade of that tree, the tree of this cross? And find refuge in the shade of this cross? Do we not want to be there with our crucified king evermore? Do we not have faith that here is our king? Here is our peace. Here is our victory and life. When the world might see what? Weakness? Execution? Tragedy, death, we Christians believe that there's so much more. The Lord Jesus Christ is his people reduced to one. He undergoes what his people undergo. He knows exactly about power being made perfect in weakness, about the suffering before the glory, the low finally being brought high. This is our Lord Jesus Christ who asked this question. With what can we compare the kingdom, the reign of God? What parable can we use for it? Well, let's do a little thought experiment then and maybe do a little summary work in the process. It's a thing. A small thing. It starts as small as possible. A child born to a poor couple and laid in a manger. An unknown man from Nazareth showing up on the scene. Who grew up. And he's finally bigger than any common thing. Still not too magnificent in this worldly place. There's no talk of cedar of Lebanon or mighty redwood. 
His reign is like a mustard plant, never magnificent in a worldly sense. But for his people, for those who by grace have been saved, we find our refuge and peace in him alone. We enjoy the shade of this kingdom and we speak of no other. We love our king because he first loved us. Yes, there will be a day when faith gives way to sight. When there will be all sorts, <laughs> you can't, all sorts of magnificence, splendor, honor, glory, every knee bowing and confessing Christ as Lord. There will be that day. There will be the day when we can speak rightly of cedars, live oaks, and redwoods. The fact of that day changes, though, how you view today. The last day, God's words about the last day, change how we view these mustard tree days. God's promises change how we press on, push, and get out of bed. God changes how we think, say, and do things because we now have an eternal perspective, and so we make it our aim to please God, knowing just how passing these days are. We know just how real, though, how eternal and true God's everlasting reign is. To borrow a phrase from last week's epistle, this is a slight momentary affliction, and it is preparing us all for an eternal weight of glory. We know that even now our king reigns. Even if he's mysterious, hidden, revealed, yet also, you know, think about that, hidden yet revealed, right? He's mysterious and hidden at times, yes, but revealed yet also veiled when he is revealed as he speaks through simple word and sacraments, bread, wine, water, as he works behind vocations, and yes, I'm going to mention it, behind vocations such as fathers, sinful ones even at that, that God provides for his creation, that God is behind vocations, yes, we can also say, of mother, of worker, of friend, of garbage man, of mayor, of government worker, of military, of whatever, to provide for his creation, God having his mass through which he provides your daily bread. Simply put, here below we walk by faith. We walk by faith in God and in what he has said. And we wait, though, with certainty for the day when faith will give way to sight. And we wait not offended or ready to drop God or faith in him because his kingdom seems so small or he's not playing by our rules or we just don't like this particular kingdom anymore. It doesn't play by the rules that we should have for it. Whatever. Think of Christ. Think always of Christ, not yourself and not your ways. Even Jesus' ministry. The very reign and rule of God is very simple, yet mysterious. Even Christ's ministry, as he has said and as he's revealed in these parables to you today, works in stages. But it will, at the right time, bring forth fruit and a harvest like no other. Despite the appearances, 
Christ our Lord is going to succeed. In his name, amen.